0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Der Ausblick, where we look at our very first Champions League contest. That's right, everybody. The competition that we all know and love is back. We have been hyping this up for a long time on the blog, and now we officially get it started. We play our very first game at home in Munich, this wednesday and i'm joined today by my uh my brother in arms for this project uh chuck smith chuck how are you doing today
1: jake i'm doing awesome i'm really looking forward to this time of year we get the champions league started we're gonna have some fun with this episode and all the other ones we have coming up on the champions league
0: yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. So today we cover our very first game, our very first team, which is Red Star Belgrade, a.k.a. FC Kervis... I'm sorry, I'm not even going to go ahead and attempt that. My Serbian is 900 times worse than my German. So we are going to ahead and look at this team and look at Bayern and look at a couple of the headlines surrounding this game other than just the fact that the Champions League is starting. So let's first go ahead and take a look at what we may potentially see from our end, what we may possibly see as a Bayern lineup going into this game. So Chuck, after a unconvincing 1-1 draw against Leipzig, which we will touch on in another episode of Bavarian Podcast Works to be released later this week, uh, the squad looked pretty... Decent, at least in my opinion, for the most part. Of course, there were a couple of people committing a few errors, but of course, this is a completely different competition. It's Champions League or bust, basically, for Bayern Munich and the fans of Bayern Munich, as it almost always has been the last couple of years. So what do you think? expect to see from niko kovac concerning tactics formation and even players to start this game
1: yeah that's a it's a really interesting question jake especially when it comes to the formation Uh, right now kovac has really flipped between a 4-3-3 and a 4-2-3-1 i mean personally i'd love to see him stick with the 4-2-3-1 i just think it suits the personnel that byron has on its roster a little bit better but this is a unique time. I mean, David Alaba going down, uh, he'll be out two to three weeks. That presents some options now for Nico Kovac. Obviously, the primary replacement for Alaba would be Luka Hernandez, who would slide out from his normal center back spot. But where Kovac goes from here is where I think we're going to have some decisions to be made. And, you know, it really comes down to this. Does Kovac want to trust Jerome Boateng, who hasn't necessarily been great, but he hasn't been terrible either? Or does he want to slide Benjamin Pavard back into the middle and drop Joshua Kimmich back to right back? So I I think that that's where it all starts. And everything from there is a trickle-down effect. Now, some of the things, Jake, we've heard already are that Philip Coutinho is scheduled to start and Ivan Perisic is also... uh, in line to start this game. So with all of those factors, I think that Kovac has some decisions to make. Does he include Thomas Muller? Does he opt to give Kingsley Coman a day off? Uh, I think this would be a great time giving Coman's history to, to let him have a little bit of rest and let Perisic take over and maybe even use Muller on the opposite wing. I don't know. Kovac is really going to either piss a lot of people off on Wednesday or he's going to make a lot of people happy. This is... This is definitely a key moment for him, given how he's handled the personnel so far. But
0: knowing how everybody's reaction is to Nico Kovach, I wouldn't be surprised if it was less black and white from that. I imagine he's probably going to piss off anybody, regardless of what lineup he puts out. Well,
1: you know, Jake, when we look at it, there are a couple of players who I think, you know, we talked a little bit about Coman maybe needing a day off, but why not opt to give Tiago a day off as well? Tiago wasn't in great form against Leipzig. I thought he looked a little bit out of sorts. Perhaps he could use a day to rest. Uh, you have Quarantine Taliso. You have Moeller who could play in the middle. You have a lot of options there. You have Michael Cuisance who has not gotten really much run since he signed with Bayern as well. So I, I think that aside of you know looking at that back line, The only people that we are guaranteed to see in this lineup one way or the other are Manuel Neuer, uh, Robert Lewandowski, and Joshua Kimmich. I I assume we could probably add Nicholas Sula to the mix there, but Kovac has a lot of options. He's got a lot of decisions to make. I'm very excited to see what he does. I think that part of me knows I'm going to be a little bit disappointed in some ways because I don't think that how I see things is necessarily going to line up with how Nico sees them.
0: It'll be, it'll be fun to see how everybody reacts to the lineups on Twitter and the, uh, the general social media verse that surrounds Bayern Munich. Now, there isn't much that we know about our opponents, Red Star, Belgrade. They're currently third in the Serbian table, though that's not to say that they're doing poorly. They're tied with everybody on points and only in third on goal difference. It'll be a tough challenge for them because, of course, they don't have much in terms of world-beating talent. Their total squad valuation, according to TransferMarkt, is just a little bit under 58 million euros. Their most... Expensive player is a German 30-year-old by the name of Marco Marin. And, Chuck, would you say that he's probably their best player?
1: Yeah, Jake, I, I would say that that Marin is their best player. He might not be their leading scorer right now. I believe that uh, that would be, uh, what is his name, Milan Pavkov? But Marin is the guy I think we want to keep an eye on. He was capped 16 times by Germany, and he actually told FCBayern.com that he's really looking forward to the match just so he can see two of his old international teammates in Thomas Muller and Jerome Boateng. So we'll keep an eye on Marin, but the rest of the roster, you and I, I think, could both agree that we are kind of clueless on looking at some of these guys. And and to be able to tr- sit here and try and analyze them, we'd be, you know, wasting our times and the listeners. So I think we, you know, we'll we keep an eye on Marin and we'll see that, you know, this this team, while they might not have necessarily the big names, the marquee names, they're doing something right. I mean, they did beat Liverpool last year in the Champions League. So this team plays with some kind of fire, and I think we'll probably see that early on in the game.
0: Now, uh... We have to kind of address an elephant in the room. We mentioned in an article that the Munich police are on a high alert, if you will, going into this game because if anybody is generally aware of football in the Balkans, uh, it is a very intense environment and the ultras groups are very active, if you will, and in some cases they have gone over into violence red star belgrade is not an exception to that their ultras groups have already caused a little bit of trouble in this season only a couple of games in so uh what do you do you know anything more about that and can you can you talk a little more about that one chuck
1: yeah i think what we know is that it's enough of a concern for the munich police to bring in 400 to 500 extra personnel for this event. So, I mean, obviously, you know, within any fan base that you'll see across any team in any sport across the world, there's going to be a group that is a little more hardcore, who takes a little more seriously, uh, and who may be a little bit violent. I, after all, I am from Philadelphia. I would probably be the best person to speak about fans that go a little bit haywire from time to time. But I think what you reference, Jake, is... Football in the Balkans is a little bit more intense, and I think that these guys are probably a little bit more serious than what I might see down in South Philly. But, you know, a good example is uh, of just how serious these guys are is they rolled in a tank uh, to their home stadium, and they planted it there. And it actually even had the Red Star Belgrade uh, colors and symbols. So they are an intense group. I'm sure that the, the the officials in Munich are taking the proper steps to address safety. I mean, in the end, like we talked about, every group, every fan group has a segment of knuckleheads. Maybe they have some that travel for Red Star Belgrade. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're just good, fun-loving fans that come into Munich. But we'll see. And hopefully there aren't any real events or incidents that occur. It would be really sad to uh, see an event marred by that but it wouldn't be the first time in global soccer that that you'd have an incident like that come down so I'm hoping for the best I'm hoping that they that the the visiting fans come in and make the environment even better I hope that they're loud and raucous I just hope
0: they don't start a brawl or a riot somewhere especially (laughs) on a stage as large as the Champions League with a lot of people watching it'll be be unfortunate if something like that were to happen so Chuck it's now come to the time to give our predictions I'll go first I think 4-1 is comfortable (laughs) I think that'll be pretty good Bayern is uh, despite their current placement in the table you know being behind Freiburg and all we're running pretty hot right now. Gnabry ran really hot. He's doing very well with the national team. Robert Lewandowski is on fire as well. And even with players like... Perisic, Coutinho, Thomas Müller, and Thiago. Uh, even with the loss of David Alaba, I don't think it's going to affect our back line that much. So I'm going to say 4-1. What about you? I'm going to go with
1: 5-1, and I think it's just it just comes down to talent and depth. Bayern, anyway, you know we talk a lot about Kovac and who he's going to play and how he's going to align them. But in reality, anyone that he rolls out there from the current Bayern roster has a good chance of scoring in that game. And I think that they're going to come out, exert their offense, of dominance. They're not going to give up many opportunities to what will ultimately be an overmatched Red Star Belgrade squad. I, the biggest thing is how long it's going to take whoever Nico Kovac sends out there to get in sync. You know, hopefully we're lucky and it happens early, but you know, we've seen Byron do this before where it takes the players a little while to get going, a little while to get used to. Uh, each other out on the pitch so I think 5-1 is where I'm going to go but you know part of me wouldn't be surprised if Red Star Belgrade makes this a fight and they you know this ends up low scoring but right now we just have to ride talent and that's all on Bayern Munich's side.
0: So, with that, we wrap up this episode of Dare Ausblick. Like I mentioned before, we will be putting out an episode of Bavarian Podcast Works once this uh, Champions League match is finished. So, be sure to take a look for that coming out on Thursday. And we will also be putting out an episode of Dare Ausblick for the upcoming weekend match against. Cologne. So, thank you very much for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bavarian FB Works. You can follow me on Twitter at Jefferson Fenner. You can follow Chuck on Twitter at The Barrel Blog. And for all of your latest and greatest Bayern Munich and German soccer content, be sure to check us out at Bavarian Football Works. Dot com so from all of us here at the podcast division thank you very much for listening be sure to download follow like rate share and subscribe to us on apple Podcasts, spotify google podcasts and anywhere else you get your quality audio content and we will see you after hopefully byron kicks off this champions league campaign on a good note so we will see you later auf Zane.